Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today, our discussion leads us to, <laughs> I love saying this, the absolute classic Billy Joel song, All You Want to Do is Dance. Yes, All You Want to Do is Dance is the third track off Billy's fourth studio album entitled Turnstiles, which was released on May 19th, 1976, our bicentennial year. Although only one single was officially released off of that album, five of the eight songs on this unbelievable album are Billy Joel legendary staples. All You Want to Do is Dance is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, the album peaked at only 122 on the Billboard charts. Okay, so in the rankings, Christopher Bonanno's 2015 Vulture article that is our Bible out of 121 songs. Elon, where does this gem? All you want to do is dance rank on his listing. Thinking of all the ones we've done so far in the A's and his odd tendency to put all my life as seven. <laughs> where do you think all you want to do is dance ranks? Yeah, I was thinking about that. He has had weird taste and him loving all my life really throws me off here but there's got to be some songs that he doesn't like there's got to be some songs that populate the end of the list so i, I am going to think he he probably did not love this song and that it's 105 excellent you deduced it perfectly this one i think he hates the most of any of the songs we've ever done it's 117 out of 121 so this is almost it this is almost bottom of the barrel billy yes and he says one of, one of a few songs on this list with misplaced reggae inclinations. Yes, everyone was doing it in 1976, but it doesn't make it right. He hates this song. And the big news, Elon, we are going to have him on. Yes, that is right. We are going to have the man, the legend, Christopher Bonanos. Is it Bonanos or Bonanno? I think it's Bonanno. Well, if he's Greek, it would be Bonanos. But if he's something else, I guess... Well, is there an S or not? There is an S at the end, but oh, I thought, okay. yeah. well, maybe it's not pronounced or something. I don't know. We'll find well, out. <laughs> Half of the episode with him will just be talking about it. So how do you say your name again? Can you spell it, that? It is exciting. And after we finish the A's, we are going to have him on and find out, you know, why he puts all my life at seven. Anyway, the Newsday article we use from Glenn Gamboa from 2017, he puts it out of 59 out of 124. So he seems to like it a little bit more. He uh, compares it a lot to Paul Simon's Graceland, which does make a lot of sense. And of course, a decade earlier. But the fan ranking, really the most important thing. And I think I might disagree. They're putting it at 77 out of 121. I think I'd put a little, little lower. Yeah, I'm kind of in the ballpark of Newsday or the fan in that it, to me, it's not as terrible as Christopher Bonanos says it is. And I think Bonanos is looking at it through the lens of today's culture. And yes, a white guy in the 70s taking reggae music and making his own version is now, you know, cultural appropriation. But back then, it was a thing that people were doing. Billy was a little bit on the leading edge of it. He was out before the police made their whole career doing this. 
Excellent point. And, uh, you know, it's an okay song. It's enjoyable. It's in the middle of a really good, a great album in between some great, great songs. It's like a palate cleanser on the album. You know, you're so right. And this album is remarkable. It's just funny that it didn't do that well. And of course, the, the next album, you know, obviously when you make an album like this and the next album's even better, it makes a lot of sense that that you know, the next one would take them off because this one's unbelievable for your Billy Joel fan. The funny thing about this album, besides this particular song, All You Want to Do is Dance, is there's not one song on this list, New York State of Mind, Angry Young Man, Miami 2017, and, and more, that tells you it was made in 1976. It's ti- there, these are timeless songs that, like we've talked about before, where just Billy Joel is just a thing, and you can't tell when any of his songs were written. I mean, there's maybe a couple... This song doesn't even sound like a 70s song. And this was his answer to disco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. This was the song he wrote because he hated disco and this was somehow his anti-disco song. It does feel very 70s to me because when you look at the lyrics, it's about a girl who's still living back in the past and wants like old music from the 50s and 60s and wishes the Beatles were back together and all of that. It's kind of funny you said that the other songs are timeless and I agree they are in style, but but Miami 2017 like literally has... It takes place in the future, but now it's in the past. So, Isn't that funny? So that date uh, don't no longer works. But otherwise, uh, yes, they're all very timeless. And this one feels like the kind of song that was written, uh, you know, by an Eric Clapton kind of thing. They're like, oh, cool. What's this new thing? Reggae? Let's do a version of a reggae song. That was very 70s. Yeah, you know, and it's funny when Billy Joel decides to do a reggae or a Calypso song, he, he's just so amazing. When he decides to do a certain style of a, of a genre that I don't care for, like this or 50s music, but then he just makes it his own. And there I am enjoying Calypso music because he writes an enjoyable song. It's not the best song he's ever written, but it certainly is entertaining. Yeah, it's entertaining. The lyrics are funny, actually. Like when you really get down to it, it's funny, it's sarcastic, it's a silly kind of song. It's kind of like with Ain't No Crime, where he took a song that was a gospel song, but the lyrics were not about gospel-y stuff at all. It was about a drunk being hung over in the morning. And this is the same sort of thing. It's a peppy reggae calypso song, but the lyrics are sarcastic about this vapid girl who's living in the past. So he makes it his own by not also just taking what the song should be about. He take, he makes it into something different. I know we do the same kind of research, but Elon and I don't talk to each other about what we're going to talk about before we do the podcast. So I assume now there's that album called was, is it All My Lives or My Lives? What, all My Lives, it's called, right? No. Or am I getting it mixed up? There's an album he doesn't care for. for. This guy has been through the ringer with management and albums that just seem to steal his stuff and he doesn't make any money. And there is a, a compilation. Oh, my Lives. My, my life. Lives. Okay. There's a compilation album called My Lives. We've mentioned once before on the show. We don't consider a Billy Joel album of any kind because he doesn't like it. And can you blame him? There's a bunch of demos on it where he doesn't have the words filled in and everything. But if you're a fan, this kind of stuff is unbelievable. Listening to a song before he got it into its masterpiece kind of form. And this song, as I'm sure you know, Elon, after doing the research, was only the good die young. Have you heard the demo version? No, I didn't. So the demo version of only the good die young, which of course would appear on the next album, was this was done in a reggae ska-like version before he decided to say, I'm going to change only the good die young. I think it was like Liberty DeVito who was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Only the good die young should be rock and roll. 
Well, thank you, Liberty DeVito, for for having some sense to make that song timeless and let this song be the the fun, funky reggae tune. Yeah, Liberty DeVito apparently was the person who, you know, clearly said in his book that this was Billy Joel's answer to disco and that nobody liked disco. And it's funny when these guys were around during that era, I guess the real masters of music knew it was a fad and it re- talk about fads. I mean, what did disco last two years, three years tops? Fascinating. The poor Bee Gees. If you see that documentary, <laughs> I haven't seen theirs. Oh, it's good. You feel so bad for them. Poor Bee Gees. Well, they're so po- prolific and they weren't disco guys. They just hit it big during, they wrote a couple of songs for a movie. And then the, people were like, Oh, this is disco. Now that disco's done, you're done. Yeah, it's like a comic who like has a certain style, but then they they hit it big with a certain catchphrase or whatever, and then they have to just become the get her done guy or something like that. Well, like, the no, best no, e- I do topical uh, political material. Well, the best example, of course, is Vaughn Meter. Is that his name? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> guy who did uh, JFK imitations, and his career was over on November twenty third, nineteen sixty three. <laughs> did I get that date right? I don't know. <laughs> Either way, it was over in November of sixty three. We know that. And uh, he was never heard from again. <laughs> he was like the hottest comic in the country. He was like, wait, wait, just give me a minute. I'll get my LBJ down. It's just, yeah, yeah. You get, well, it's like me. That's why you never heard of me before. Apparently, you can't go around doing Ernie Douglas from My Three Sons for 30, 40 years. People, people just won't have it. Yeah. If you guys don't know, Dave has some of the best impressions of celebrities you've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Got that right. But they are spot on. But the funny thing also about this particular song and this album turnstiles is that i was looking up what was big on the charts you know that year and it's so the number one song was the afternoon delight by the starland vocal band if you look at that and silly love songs by paul mccartney boogie fever and the other one was welcome the theme to welcome back cotter it's all of those songs especially even silly love songs sounds like it's from the 70s or maybe it's just because I was around when those songs came out, but all those songs don't hold up in, in any way. And this album with these, this collection of songs, they're really timeless. And you see it when you see what else was on the charts back then. It's, it's quite fascinating. You could never, there could never be anybody who's been your age that wasn't born then that would ever say, unless you're a Billy Joel fan, that angry young man, oh, I remember this, you know, this sounds like a 70s song. It doesn't sound like a 70s song. Yeah, the whole album is so timeless. And maybe that's why, it charted so, so poorly. It was a huge failure. Like, can you imagine how bad an album is to only peak at number 122 on the album charts? That's terrible. And yet Billy knew this was good stuff. And that's why when he released songs in the attic a few years later, he released live versions of four of the songs from this album. So people could actually, when he was finally famous, people could listen to these songs and say, oh, wait a second. Like, there's great stuff on here. This song was not one of those songs he released on the live No, album. it's really funny. All you want to do is dance. In fact, speaking of live, there's only one noted performance of this song live. And actually, there's, a, there's an audio of it on YouTube of him playing it in 1976. Otherwise, according to setlist.fm, he has never played this song live. That's right. I love when you tell me that. I forgot to ask that. Out of all the ones we've done so far, even the ones that he doesn't even care for, he's played a couple times. This one, he's never played again, is what you're saying, or ever. Even when the album came out to promote it, he didn't even play it. Yeah, well, I mean, I will say there's spotty evidence of what his playlists were back then. So it could just be that we don't know. And maybe he did play it a few times back in 76, perhaps. But what we do know is from basically 1980 on, he never, ever put it into his into his set lists. Yeah, I didn't even know what, you know, my favorite thing about doing this is that 
sometimes I listen to these songs the day of, or not the day of, but the week of when we know we're going to do it. And I was like, geez, I don't know this one. And when I heard it, I couldn't even believe it. I don't think I've ever heard this song before. You know, the, you when you listen to turnstiles, you kind of don't even remember hearing it because it's like you have Summer Highland Falls and then this song and then you get into New York State of Mind and like you forget that there was a song in between. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating. And when I was listening to Glass Houses the other day with something like Sleeping with the Television on or something, I'm like, oh, my God, I totally remember this song. But this isn't like this. <laughs> Right. And he'd probably want you to forget it at this point because he, Billy probably himself feels like, all right, yeah, maybe it was kind of in bad taste to do a reggae song, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's got some good moments to it. It does. Uh, I like the solo at the end on keyboards, which normally would have been on steel drum. But for Billy, he just found like a, a synthesizer that sounded kind of steel drummy. Really complicated, fun Billy Joel kind of piano solo. The live version, the one, the audio of that one live version that's on YouTube, it's actually even more fun because he plays it in such a high pitched key that it sounds like 80s video game music. It's just like, beep, 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 you know? <laughs> it's like, it could be Super Mario Brothers that you're hearing. <laughs> it's such a fun solo. Well, I highly, in, in conclusion, I highly recommend, and I feel bad because I guess he doesn't like it, but listening to the Only the Good Die Young version of All You Want to Do Is Dance is very fascinating. Very fascinating when you know what that song is going to become, that that could have been this. And in, in a way, since that song could have really sparked his greatness only the good die young i had that 45 as a kid i think that was the first song they released off the stranger i don't have my facts straight for sure but if, if, what a disaster that would have been if it, if it had gone the opposite way so you should listen to that it's great i'm gonna check it out all right it's time for the trivia portion of our show dave what do you have for me okay now, when I saw this title, I immediately thought of this other song that I know about, and I'll see if you know about it. It's another song with this exact title. I'm going to, I guess the way I'll ask it, even though I'm asking it weird. So, Elon, do you know the artist who wrote a song like this 10 years later? It is called All She Wants to Do Is Dance instead of All You Want to Do Is Dance. Is it Don Henley? It is Don Henley. <laughs> Did you know because you did the research or do you know the song? I know because I did when I was Googling the song to learn about it. I think I typed it in wrong and all she wants to do is dance is what I typed in. And I was like, Don Henley. And then I, I looked to make sure it wasn't like a cover of this song. No. And it was a classic, too. It was a really popular song off his uh, solo album, his second solo album. It was really popular. And it also had those crazy keyboard electronic keyboard uh, thing to it. I used to play it on the piano. I, I, I loved it with those little like kind of Paul Schaefer like keyboard touches. And it's funny because in, so the Billy Joel song is why don't nobody sing of romance? Oh baby, all you want to do is dance. And the Don Henley lyric is because all she wants to do is dance and make romance. <laughs> so apparently both of them though, they could rhyme dance with romance. Yes. Yeah, they both own the rhyming dictionary that every good lyricist should have. <laughs> well, think about that back then. It probably was really hard because they didn't have the internet, which now makes it so easy. They just had they had a book. I wonder if they ever used it or if Billy Joel was that prolific that he just didn't need it. Again, when you hear those old songs that some of the demos and he's just going blah, 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 like, during the songs, it's fascinating to see what he ends up putting in. And some of those lyrics that he puts in later are ones we know so well. Yeah, and you're like, was that just put in because it just happened to fit? The so way, yeah, you think you think it would be structured in his head already lyrically, but sometimes there are big gaps that he just has to fill in. 
So what's your trivia today? This was Billy Joel's anti-disco song. There was a big anti-disco movement in the mid and late 70s. What baseball team hosted a disco demolition night in 1979? The reason I know this is because of the Bee Gees documentary. I believe it is the Chicago Cubs. No, White Sox. White Sox. (laughs) Okay. All right. You got that in a change right before I finished the word wrong. So we're going to count that as correct. Thank you. Comiskey Park. Yes. Right. That's right. Uh, I, it's in the B, it's in the Bee Gees documentary. Yeah, I'll read a little blurb about it. It was Thursday, July 12th, 1979 at Comiskey Park, and it ended in a riot. At the climax of the event, a crate filled with disco records was blown up on the field between games of a doubleheader between the White Sox and the Tigers. Many of those in attendance had come to see the explosion rather than the games and rushed onto the field after the detonation. The playing field was so damaged by the explosion and by the fans that the White Sox were required to forfeit the second game to the Tigers. Yeah, and it was also considered homophobic, the entire event. If you watch this documentary, it's quite fascinating. And it ruined the Bee Gees. It's it's great. You got to see this documentary. It's unbelievable. (laughs) But yeah, they even have footage of it. I never thought about how it could be homophobic, but now that I think back, it is kind of like a you know, anti-disco is definitely just kind of saying like, I'm anti this weird effeminate dancing culture with funky outfits. Yeah, I didn't think of it either until I, again, saw the documentary. It was quite fascinating. So Dave, another fun fact about this song is that Weird Al Yankovic, our good friend, actually recorded a parody of All You Want to Do Is Dance. Weird Al recorded a parody of this song? Well, you know him. He likes to really dig deep into the Billy Joel catalog. Wow. His version of All You Want to Do is Dance was All You Want is Two Cent Stamps. Hey now. It was about a girl who likes to use two cent stamps to mail things, even though she needs a ton of them to mail anything. Wow. I mean, are there lyrics (laughs) that go to it or? Yeah, there are. Let me just get my uh, get my tuning fork. So I'm in the right key here. Oh, baby, it costs 46 cents to mail a letter. Oh, baby. Using one forever stamp would be much better. Why don't we use 23 of these ones? We can cover the whole back with stamps. Oh, baby, all you want is two-cent stamps. Yeah, that's uh, that's great, man. That's that's something else. That Weird Al is really true. I could see you were trying to get your Jamaican accent on. It was coming out, and that was the best part of the song, quite frankly. I tried to to toe the line, just like Billy did in the original version, of sort of having a little bit of that Jamaican accent, but not enough to be an offensive stereotype. Agreed 100%. It was, uh, it was right there. Yeah. Well done. Well, folks, that was All You Want to Do is Dance. If you like our podcast, be sure to leave us a nice review. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. And follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Was this song offensive? Did I cross the line and use too much of a Jamaican accent? Do you want to send us a clip of your Jamaican accent? We promise we will not tell your employers. We'd just love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Hey!